Hey everybody, welcome back to the huh podcast with Christian, Garrett, and Micah, where we dive into deep biblical topics and discuss them in a practical, current way. We're excited to be back here with you. Uh, today we are continuing our discussion on spiritual disciplines, and we're going to be talking about prayer. Christian, Garrett, it's good to see you guys. What? Yeah, we're seeing Christian from yeah. a computer screen right now. <laughs> Amazing what technology, how technology works. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Christian Skyped or uh, zoomed in with us um, today as he is uh, out of pocket to in be Paris. in person. Do what? In Paris, France. You're in Paris. He's in Paris, France. Yeah. So um, there may be a little bit of uh, um, us talking over each other a little bit because we're not here in person. So uh, bear with us. Forgive us on that. We're this is episode eleven, guys. Uh, it's crazy. I'd, hard to believe we're in double digits, but. Here we are. We've been in double digits if this is 11. Well, I know, but we, we, <laughs> people at home don't know that we posted, let's see, eight, I think eight, nine, and 10. We recorded all on oh. one day. I think we actually said that. And we, I just scheduled those posts. So, like, I haven't done anything with the Hunt podcast in, it, I think, like a week and a half because they've all been scheduled and yeah. we just put them out. And we haven't, we weren't able to record last week. Um, which yeah, we, it was weird. It was weird not recording last week. Yeah, I missed. It. Yeah, Christian. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, that's that's our hunt today. Is uh, I think you got to see some amazing sights last week, didn't you? Oh my gosh, guys, you need. So I was in Yellowstone last week, and if you and never, it didn't explode, it didn't explode, didn't blow up. <laughs> there's no volcano, um, but it was beautiful. I felt like I was on a different planet. Uh, I could have stayed there. You probably need about two weeks in Yellowstone, to be honest, just that entire area. Uh, but we were able to go there, and then the Grand Tetons National Park. And, I mean, just, What's the Grand Tetons? Which Is that the one it, where it's built into the side of the cliff? No, the Grand Tetons is just a mountain range. Have, have you ever seen the, um, the mountain where uh, Native Americans built their houses into the side of the cliff? Oh, I have, no, I've never seen it in person. I've, like, seen it on, on the Internet. I can't think of the name of it. I it's I can't is remember it Badlands? what Badlands. Yeah, it's something. It, that's where it's at. It, but there's I can't remember. Oh, yeah. it, it's some. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah. I remember. Well, I don't remember. I was when I was real little. We went out west, and there's pictures of me standing, looking at these houses inside of like that are built inside this, wearing diapers and. Uh, <laughs> That's the only time I've been out west. But I, was I think that would be an awesome place to live. Inside of a cliff? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you'd get down, but that just sounds awesome. Well, they had these ladders that looked like they were about to fall apart. Like you were climbing up and down. Gabrielle was showing me these um, these people build tree houses and you can rent them out. That would be and sweet. He really wants, like, you just take like a couple's retreat and uh, you just spend your whole time in a tree house. Uh, that looks pretty sweet. Yeah, be lit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So, what? Anything there specifically that um, when you were out there that stuck out to you? Anything that made you go, "Huh"? Yeah. Um, one that made me go, "Huh," was, I mean, this is pretty basic, but Old Faithful. Yeah. Uh, and then they have hot springs everywhere, and so the entire time you're thinking. I mean, they're they're up to boiling temperature, and uh, I mean, like just the temperature of the water, like you touch it, it's gonna burn you. And so there's fences around everywhere, and you're I'm wondering the whole time, like how? And they said it was from a volcano, 
millions of years ago. So whether you believe the earth is old or not, that's up to you. But either way, they say it's from the volcano that erupted then. Now, I don't get how it's still hot now. Uh, and it stays like, the, they had like these little pools of water uh, hmm. that they stay boiling all the time. Like you just see them popping up. Isn't it because there's magma underneath the the earth there? I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Like it has to be pretty close up under the earth. Uh, to even Too bad we didn't bring a professional on to, to tell yeah, us all this. And that could have been our huh. But, you know, I well, learned it something now. I had read and, and it's going to be taken with a grain of salt because I don't know how accurate yeah. it is but the entire yellowstone is one giant volcano and if it erupted it would put almost the entire continental u.s under a volcanic winter because it's such a big volcano and like the geysers and stuff that are there at the park are they spew up out of the heat that's from the magma or the, the lava or whatever that's underneath the ground of that volcano i don't know if that's true um but it seems accurate that that'd be something that we should probably yeah. have to look up. <laughs> yeah. And Old Faithful, it's crazy. I mean, they know when it's going to erupt almost on the minute. Uh, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy that you would have a schedule for it. And like, yeah. So, I mean, they were about two minutes off when they told us uh, the actual time of it. And it's just, it, wow. it's amazing. Like how high the water actually shoots up and like what, what caught the pressure or the, uh, just the boiling intensity of it underground, like that was insane. Also, what kind of made you say, huh, is the bears and the wildlife. Uh, just, I mean, you don't see bears every day. And uh, I don't know, did you guys have bears in West Virginia? No, not particularly. His dad. Oh, sorry, Barry. <laughs> yeah, my dad's <laughs> nickname was Grizz. Grizz oh, Walter, because awesome. he was just a beast of a guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, just seeing wildlife everywhere, crossing the street at your campsite that was right right that's crazy yeah um you know seeing those sites probably um really brings you back to thinking about the creation and and how god did it and and kind of probably humbles you even more seeing how big you know our world is it's tough when you live in russell springs or campbellsville (laughs) or you know in in these areas and it's uh or russellville um that's all right is it russellville or russell Russellville. Okay, Russellville. So I thought um, it's tough when you are kind of in these smaller communities. You know, when we don't have a ton of mountains. You know, we do have a massive lake um, and all that stuff. But but when you kind of go out and, and you get to see some of those sites, it, it really uh, uh, see nature and, and it's really humbling. And that is for me. If I go hiking or go to a big mountain or something, or when I'm flying, if I've been yeah. in a plane four or five times in my life, but every time I go. I just look down and it's crazy to think of how big just the world is, not to mention the universe around it. Yeah. And not just seeing it, like we camped out. So we right, right. stayed in nature the entire time. And when you just get to relax in it, you really start thinking about God and, you know, like, I mean, just every single detail he put, like God's not a boring God. He put so many different details in creation so that we could gaze right. at and recognize him and that that was that was just a cool part yeah and i think if if we wanted to tie this into prayer um here he goes what (laughs) go ahead i was talking uh we were talking earlier about about prayer and and i said you know the psalms are basically a book of prayer they're they're a book of hymns of worship of what 
Israel was supposed to read in order to draw to God. And there's a bunch of different Psalms that are called creation Psalms that talk about God's creation. And through these Psalms, you're worshiping God by drawing near to him and marveling at his creation. Psalm 8 says, Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him, a son of man that you look after him? You made him a little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him roller over the works of your hands and put everything under his feet. And, and, that psalm goes on to talk about how of all of God's creation, he made us as really the, the image bearer, the, 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 having the ability to comprehend him and realize that everything is in his creation. And, and the way that we draw near to him is through prayer. And, and I think uh, looking at creation like you did there at Yellowstone and praying to God and drawing near to him in prayer go hand in hand because when we look at creation it should leave us in a perpetual state of awe of God's majesty and bring out of us a desire to connect with him in whatever way possible right yeah and and you know we talking about prayer and and you know like Garrett was saying the psalms and just looking at all the 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 songs they are or the prayers or the hymns that they are and before we go, you know, before, and, and Garrett started to take us deeper, uh, before we get to that, and as we kind of wrap our minds around prayer, we're, we're going to look at this question, if prayer is our connection to God, why don't we do it more often? Why don't we take it more seriously? Why is it just something we do before we eat meals and something we do before we fall asleep at night? Um, and, and in order to kind of answer that question, we have to know what prayer is. Uh, and it's a good reminder for all of us. Um, you know, it's a great reminder and maybe it's, it's a new piece of information for some of you listeners out there. And that's wonderful. Uh, and when we look in the book of Matthew, um, there in chapter six, um, this is, uh, the Beatitudes, um, uh, that, that Jesus preached and, and we see in chapter six and then in verses five through eight, I'm not going to read all of those, but I'll summarize. Basically Jesus says, here's what prayer is not. Prayer is not something you do for other people. He says, don't do it out in public. Don't do it on the street corner loud so that other people can hear you. He's saying, don't be like the hypocrites that do that. So, so prayer is not something that is intended, that the intended purpose of it is for other people to hear your prayer and think, oh, wow, that's a great prayer. It's okay for other people to hear that because we can do corporate prayer. That's okay. But that's not the, the primary purpose or the emphasis of prayer. Um, and then he, he goes through that and he talks about, um, Jesus talks about the rewards you receive. If you do it here on earth for recognition from other people, he said, that's your reward right there. You get a, wow, that was a good prayer. And that's your reward. But if you do it in secret, and that doesn't necessarily mean physically, you don't have to literally go hide in a closet. Like he says, it's a, it's a, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Hyperbole. That's a little exaggeration, right? Uh, huh. Um, Jesus says, if that's what it takes, if, if that's what it takes for you, if, that, if that's a challenge for you, then yeah, go pray in secret because it's important because it's between you and God. And when you understand that and when we do that, then you will get your reward in full in heaven is what he says. But then he goes on and he gives us basically an uh, outline of what prayer looks like. 
and this is in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. He says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we see Jesus says, all right, here's what prayer is not, guys. He says, prayer is not a show for other people to see and be impressed by the words you say. And he says, uh, he even says in there, prayer is not this really long message. He says, don't keep babbling on like pagans. It's saying you don't have to go super long and, and say all these deep words and make people go, wow, that person's really smart. But simply, he says, here's what prayer is. Praise God because he's your creator, right? He's holy you know, asking him that whatever you would have us do, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to follow your will, God. It says, provide for us, give us our daily bread. Forgive us where we have fallen short and help us to forgive others and help us go grow closer to you and not into temptation. And he just gives us an outline. And I think the best way you can recall the outline that's there in the Lord's prayer is through three things. Um, look up lean in and let go. The first thing you do when you pray, just like Psalm 8, is you look up to God. You admire his greatness. You marvel at his power and his majesty and his control. So when we pray, the first thing we do is we acknowledge that we are praying to the supreme being of the universe that has all things in his hand. The second thing then is we lean into that supreme being. Prayer is a way for us to have a relationship with God, even though we are so far beneath God. So as Jesus says in, in, his, um, in his model for prayer, he says, give us today our daily, our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtor. We're leaning into God. We're leaning into this powerful being who we're, suppo- we're, we're also admiring. And then lastly, we're letting go and we're saying, deliver us from the evil one, your kingdom come, your will be done. We, we're, we're letting go of our desires and our control and releasing them into the hands of the supreme being who we started out by marveling at the greatness and wonder of. And, and that's the beauty of, of the Lord's Prayer. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we miss the model. We, 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 we miss what Jesus is trying to do by modeling the prayer and showing us the aspects of prayer. And we simply think that the Lord's prayer is, is like a ritual chant that, that gives us what, I, what, what we want in that moment. And I, and the way I, I picture this, when I was in middle school, we would, before every basketball game, we would kneel down and say the Lord's prayer. Right. Um, and, and I'm thinking like at, at that time, I'm think I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, I have teammates that I know aren't Christians. I have teammates that don't live like Christians, but might say they are. Um, But we're saying this Lord's prayer. Why are we doing this? Um, For me personally, you know, it was cool. But then I got to thinking like, you know, what, what do they, those that aren't Christians, what are they getting out of this? And in that mindset, it was, it was just something to, connect to what they wanted in that moment it wasn't really a model for prayer it wasn't didn't have anything to do about exalting god drawing into god and letting go of everything in their life and giving it to god it was about wanting more at this moment and doing this ritual well if you do this prayer you'll get the dub yeah 
You yeah, well, that's, you and that win. was the yeah. mindset. Yeah. We, we did that in baseball too in high school. Yeah. It was kind of in baseball. It was well. a ritual, and it was. It was a uh, hey, here's what we do before we start the game, and that's definitely extremely prevalent in baseball. Uh, yeah, there's why, a yeah. Why are people so? Um, and I've struggled with this too, and I have to remind myself why am I so basic in my prayers? Why am I so um, maybe not praying as much as I should? Like for example, you guys we talked about. I think Gary had mentioned if we're looking at an all-powerful God, a God who is not only all-powerful but controls all things, created all things, can create all things, like with all this power and all this wisdom, wouldn't we want to go to him as a source for answers to questions in life or to go to him for answers for what we're dealing with or even to go to him for wisdom? And I don't know. I just get so maybe we can talk about this is that like, why do we knowing that God is all powerful and all knowing and he, he actually loves us. He wants the best for us as his children. Why don't we pray? Yeah. You know, I think a question that we, I think, and if you're listening to this, you know, we're all asking that to ourselves and I'm asking myself this question, like, all right, Christian, you know, God has an unlimited amount of riches. Um, and this is not about me like getting an airplane or nothing, uh, mm. which would be nice. You know? be dope. <laughs> but this is about like spiritual riches. And, uh, and if we know God has all of this, why am I not praying more? Do you, I don't know. Do you guys think the invisibility of God bothers people? Well, I think too, part of the invisibility of God is in, in, in how that applies to our unwillingness to pray is that, we live in a physical world. Everything that we do is physical in nature and what we see and interact with is physical. And so it's difficult for us to long for spiritual things and pray to spiritual entities, invisible things when we live in a physical world. And uh, we've been studying in our Wednesday nights, we've been studying Job and it's, it's incredible. Oh, it's job. Yeah. Job. <laughs> we've, we've been studying how to Just work. Kidding. It is Job. It's Job's it Job. We've, we've been studying Job and it's incredible how, their mindset was uh, his friends in that day. The, the belief of the day was that, you know, God provided things for you. And if you did something wrong, God wasn't going to give you the things. If you did something right, you were going to have blessings. So for Job's friends, they were saying Job was suffering because he did something wrong, not simply because suffering takes place. Everything within the worldview of, of Job's time. And, and we got to remember Job is probably the oldest character in the Bible outside of um, like Noah and the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Everyone during this time believed that you interacted with God on a physical level, not on a spiritual level. Well, let's fast forward today. I still think we struggle with that. I think we struggle with separating physical, the physical realm from the spiritual realm and, and knowing that we in our physical realm still can interact with God in the spiritual realm. Job says, and, and, um, well, in the book of Job in, uh, chapter 28, which is the, uh, the, the middle part of the book of Job. And because of how Job is structured, chapter 28 is the most important part of the book. It says, where does wisdom come from? 
And where is understanding located? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon and death say we have heard news of it with our ears, but God understands the way to wisdom and he knows its location for he took looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When God fixed the weight of the wind and distributed the water by measure, and when he established a limit for the rain and a path for the lightning, he considered wisdom and evaluated it and established and examined it. He said to mankind, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn from evil is understanding. And, and the way that applies to prayer is that we have to understand that like God, we don't see wisdom. We don't see God. We don't interact with him on our physical plane, but we have to understand that he's there and simply draw near to him, even though it's not in our ability to see him or understand him with our finite beings. Yeah. You know, I think like you said, Christian, you're asked, posing that question of what, you know, if, if God is this supreme, the supreme being, why don't we pray? You know, what, one, I think it's kind of a two-part, like Garrett, the physical aspect. I when, when I, my body tells me when it's hungry, sixteen times a day. No, <laughs> but and so I know my response when I'm hungry is to eat. All right, I know that it's a physical response, and like Garrett is saying, it's there's a difference. We need to have that same. It's different. It's not physical, but that same level, that same depth of response to to God. I need that time of prayer. It's not, okay, it's time to pray. That's one part. We, we miss that. And I think that is kind of what Garrett's saying is we have a, a separation mentally between physical and spiritual. We have a hard time understanding the spiritual because we don't see it. It's not, it's not as tangible um, physically to our senses. And, and the second part of that, I think, I think there's a fear. Um, I've heard, you know, I've heard my, my students express that phrase of, I don't know how to pray. Mm. I think there's a fear. I think students grasp and young people grasp the idea that God is the, the supreme being. I think they understand that. But I think we have a hard time. Again, I think this is a spiritual, physical separation, dichotomy, if you will. Good there, you like that? Um, points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there is still a little bit of a struggle understanding how much God wants to be in relationship with us. Yeah. It's hard to grasp that this creator, this supreme being, this, you know, he breathed life into existence. It's hard to imagine that he wants a relationship with me. And so because of that, I think we have a fear and it's not an unhealthy fear. I wouldn't call it really a healthy fear necessarily either, but we almost want to give our best to God, which is good. But the fault of that is if we can't, we just don't try. And so that's not what God wants. God wants our best, but it's not our best product. It's our best effort. He wants us to give, you know, I, and I've always told and students say, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, you do. You just talk, you know. Hey, God, I, I'm, I had a bad day. Or, hey, it was a good day. Or, hey, God, thanks for the food. There's some yeah. people in the world that don't get to eat pizza or anything. We thank you for that blessing. Yeah, Amen. I was reading. you know, I mean, that's it. You know, it just, it's just giving effort to God. And he wants that scripture says he is jealous for us. He desires um, to have that relationship. Yeah. And it's God. He is our, he is our father. He is our friend. Yeah. And, and the, the, sim, like prayer is simple. Uh, and if we, we can't overcomplicate it. And even I was talking um, with our students, we've been learning how to read the Bible this summer. 
and I was telling them that I reading still need to learn Bible, how to read. Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell them reading the Bible. The Bible is one; it's so complex that the greatest theologians still haven't figured out everything in it. But at the same time, it's so simple that you can go to a vacation Bible school and share the word and kids get saved because they can grasp the simplicity of it. Yeah. I think prayer is even simpler that uh, I think kids from a young age get prayer. Uh, and I think it's easy to get prayer. We just don't think about it. We get too busy. We, you know, we just don't think about the invisible, the unseen world. And I, I don't know. I just, when, when we begin to pray, uh, like Mike, you said, like, hey, God, I'm just I'm having a bad day and, and I need you. That is a wonderful prayer. Uh, and I think in the Psalms, you see cries out from David that really David, he's just he had a bad day and he cries out to God that, hey, I need your help. I, I mean, these are these are prayers that are easy uh, to grasp and, and easy to say. And I think you don't need to. Yes. You know, I encourage you to try different ways. Get down on your knees, pray in a chair, pray in your bed, pray in your car. Praying, there's all kinds of different ways to pray. That doesn't matter as much as just simply just have a conversation with God. The same way you would have a conversation with your best friend or your mother or your father. And here's the best part. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Mm. Uh, so as a Christian and the Holy Spirit is inside of you, um, you don't have to worry about, oh, well, I don't know what to pray because, because the Holy Spirit is behind you and is backing you up, uh, and, and he's going to help you uh, in what to pray. Yeah, and you said something really powerful, Christian, um, that young— Christian, Christian did? <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there's your huh for the day, Christian said no. <laughs> um, that. You, you, you said that young people— like kids seem to grasp the simplicity of prayer um, better than when you get older. And and I think that applies in a lot of different levels, not just with prayer, but think about how simple life is for a kid. And then you get to middle school and you make the simple things complicated. Then you start sweating and and you have (laughs) to wear deodorant and then you have to get ax body spray or girlfriend you just spray it all over and you suffocate and then you light a match no i'm just kidding don't do that that's highly flammable oh don't 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 forget the metaphorical girlfriends yeah oh yeah life just gets complicated and and because it feels like life is getting more complicated you make the simple things complicated and so for like a little kid you know i think think back you know uh when we on Wednesday nights, when when I was over with the youth, uh, before stepping into my new before you became a real minister, <laughs> before yeah. I stepped into the senior ministry, when back I was when with the youth, it like me and Micah, yeah, <laughs> back when he was cool and fun and not lame, <laughs> yeah, that um, when we <laughs> on Wednesday nights, I would always ask someone to pray, one of the kids, like one of the elementary school kids. And it was just incredible listening to some of their prayers and how simple and but profound it was because they just knew that God was in control. They had no doubt on that. But then as we get older and we see the world through a more logical lens, our prayers get more complicated. And I think it's more difficult for us to come to God with, simple awe of who he is because we just come bogged down by the complexities of life. Well, look at the Beatitudes, like Jesus's prayer. He said, this is your example for prayer. God, you're holy. I love you. Provide for me. 
forgive me where I fall short and help me not fall into yeah. sin. That's it. I mean, literally like seven seconds and that's paraphrased into current English, yeah. modern English. But I mean, like literally Jesus, his example of prayer, if anyone is going to give this deep theological 45 minute discourse, you like that Garrett on prayer, it's Jesus, right? Who are we to say, you know, we, we know more than Jesus. But Jesus has given us this super simple prayer. And, you know, another thing that Christian said that um, when he was um, talking a minute ago, it, it reminded me of First Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 through 18. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you through Jesus is simply to pray continually. Mm-hmm. Give thanks. Prayer is not this, all right, everyone be quiet, I'm going to pray. And you don't, it, 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 prayer is a constant communication, a constant lifestyle, a constant partnership with God. It, prayer is not a, you know, prayer can be, yeah. all right, let's all be silent for a moment. Let's pray for our meal. That's great because you're giving thanks in all circumstances. That circumstance is for a meal. But giving thanks could also be, you know, we got in a car crash a couple weeks ago. And in the moment, it's like, well, Garrett's truck's mm-hmm. totaled, and this mm-hmm. is terrible. But we were saying, God, thank you for not letting us have any serious injuries. You know, yeah. I mean, there, we have to be able to give thanks, and it's a constant prayer, and it's it's important. You said something earlier uh, that when you – we we know we need to eat because we feel the pangs of hunger. And that that feeling of hunger is what draws us to food. Ten to twelve times and, a day. <laughs> and – and uh, you, you said a lot of times we don't feel that with prayer. Well, there are some people in this world that don't feel hunger, that, that they have medical conditions where they don't feel hunger. They don't, they don't feel their body telling them, hey, you need to get some nutrients in you. And those people that have those medical conditions, they literally have to set reminders to tell them to eat or else they won't do it. Now, let's think of that from a prayer perspective. We know that it is a necessity for us in our walk with, with God and our relationship with God that we draw near to him in prayer, that we feed that relationship with prayer. If we don't have the, the ability to, to feel that pang of hunger, that pang of desire to, to draw into prayer, then we need to set reminders to do it. Yeah. One thing until it becomes, yeah, until, we, until, until, until it becomes, we need it. until it, you get to the point where, Oh yeah. shoot, I didn't pray. Oh my gosh. I feel, I feel like I'm part missing of me is something. missing. And so I know for me, cause I, I'm one of those people that has that where I just kind of forget to pray. And so here recently, actually last week I sat down and I made a, a prayer clock where at this time of the day, I'm praying about this genre of stuff at, this time I'm praying about this genre. And so like at, at nine o'clock after my personal study for the morning, I pray over what I studied at 11 o'clock. We have a prayer list um, at our church. I pray over the prayer list over the people in our community at three o'clock. I pray over my ministry and particular aspects of my ministry that I'm struggling with or anxious about. And then at six o'clock or sometime in the evening, I pray over the following day over handing it over to God. And so I have this clock now that I have set up and, you know, I'm still not to the point where it's like become ingrained, but I have, I literally wrote out the times for me to pray. And that's an example. I didn't come up with that. That's an example of Judaism. What? 
You mean Mike at two o'clock? I didn't hear our names. On the yeah, board. I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had to put in two thirty. <laughs> praying for you know all these people and not me and Christian. I mean. <laughs> I think on Thursdays or Wednesdays, you ought to throw in a uh-huh, podcast prayer at one 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 eighteen. That, that follows the encompassing of ministry, praying for ministry. Well, there you go. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but I followed that model based off of the biblical principle that the Jews were meant to follow. They were meant to pray three times a day, right. and they set apart those sides. That like Daniel in the book of Daniel, whenever he uh, um, King Darius imprisoned him for praying daniel was just doing his midday prayer that everyone every other jew stopped doing because it was illegal under mm, under the mm, king's mm, decree mm. and daniel said no it, i'm I'm not going to stop doing this it's a part of my livelihood i have to pray or else i'm not feeding that that relationship i if i don't pray i'd starve yeah and that was daniel's mindset go belteshazzar Belteshazzar. Yo, Bel- yeah, Belteshazzar. Goat. Um, you know, that, that makes me think of James. And, and in the book of James, I really enjoy this. And this is one that Garrett, Christian, and I have been meditating on. We talked about that spiritual discipline a couple weeks ago. Uh, and this is a book we kind of talked and we were going to walk through together. And there in chapter five, um, James is this little paragraph is about the prayer of faith. He says, uh, verse 13, through 16 is any of you is any one of you in trouble he should pray is anyone happy let him sing songs of praise is any one of you sick well he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the lord will raise him up if he has sinned he will be forgiven therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And it reiterates again what Jesus said in the Beatitudes. It reiterates in, in uh, Thessalonians when he says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And James is literally just saying, well, you sick? All right, pray for that. Uh, you healthy? Ah, give thanks for that. You got a friend who's struggling with something? Pray for that. And he literally, I mean, it can't, like Christian was saying earlier, it can't be any simpler. It is simply just this communication with the creator of the universe which is insane to think about but and and another thing i like how he says down here it's another element we haven't delved into a whole lot this uh, today therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed praying for one another through those struggles um, is possibly the most intimate form of friendship um, outside of laying like laying one down for well, one's life down for their friend is so huh taking a bullet for somebody right <laughs> yeah but praying for someone who's struggling through something because you're empathizing with them you're not just saying well oh, i hope garrett you know figures whatever it is out i'm saying god i'm walking through this with him mm-hmm. by praying for him and praying with him well well think too about who your closest friends in life are your closest friends are the ones that you are open with about every little detail. And so for, for James to say that, say, confess your sins to God. He, he's saying, listen, draw near to God because he wants to know the messy details. He wants to, to see how broken you are. He right. wants you to share that with him in the same way that you would share with your close friend 
some of the hardships that you're facing in life. And, that, and that's what prayer is. It, it's having that, that relationship with God that is more profound than any other relationship right. that you can ever have. And then he closes that little passage says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Mm-hmm. And you may, someone may ask, well, how do I become righteous? Well, you pray, pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what yeah. I mean? and, and you it's acknowledge that. that your righteousness isn't anything that yeah. you do, but it, everything that was done for absolutely. you. And out of what was done for you, we have the ability to pray as a righteous person. Right. And, you know, prayer, it's, it's so complex, but yet so simple. Um, and I think what's important is that this is one of those few things in life where the more we try to simplify it, the more complex we grow in that prayer. The more we try to just say, Hey God, I need help. I'm surrendering that to you. I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, I don't know where I'm going in life, whatever it is. That's so simple, but it's so complex because it's so real. And God knows that God knows the inner workings of your heart. And scripture says, you know, when the desires of our heart become the the desires of God's heart, we're given everything we wanted because, because our desires are of God and not of this world. I don't pray for a new bike. I pray for, for healing. I pray for restoration and relationships and, and those things. And, and so God says, I will give you those you know, ask and, and, and it will be given to you. And, and I think there's such a simplicity there, but that is so deeply complex. A professor of ours in college um, said this and it stuck with me and will always stick with me. He said, the closer you get to God, the further you realize you are away. the further you realize you are away from him. Yeah. And, and I think there's a truth in that in prayer. The more you realize I don't pray enough. I don't, I need it. I need it more. I'm more that's when you're really getting deeper, when you're becoming more righteous, when you're praying more consistently. And when you start, like we said earlier, to get that feeling of, I need to be, I haven't prayed in seven minutes. I, gosh, I've got to have, I've got to talk to God. Something happened or nothing has happened. I still got to talk to God. Can you imagine if, if you didn't pray every five minutes, you felt like you were missing out on something. Talk about the type of spiritual fortitude that would come. Some of that in David. I mean, you see, look at his life and some of his, Psalms he wrote, but you know, I think, and that's such a deep question. If, if prayer is this communication, this partnership with the creator of the universe, why don't we do it more often? Well, I think, you know, we said some of those things are maybe fear. Uh, Maybe we kind of just can't grasp the spiritual side of it because we're so used to the physical. Uh, We can see and do everything with our five senses, but, but prayer is a little different and the connection between God, we use those senses, but at the same time, it's a little more, uh, it's a little less literally hands-on. Uh, it's a little different. And so it's hard for us to grasp that concept. So as you're thinking about that, as you're um, meditating on on scripture and reading scripture and trying to go deeper in your relationship with God, one, surrender that because you can't go deeper. You have to allow God to bring you deeper, deeper with him. Yeah. And, and so one, surrender that. That's something I'm learning in my life in the last six weeks even is I can't go deeper in my relationship. I've gone to the limit. I've got to just say, God, I surrender it, bring me deeper. And then the second thing is pray, right? Just there's no, you've got a model there in Matthew. I think I said six. Look um, up, let go, lean in. Yeah, yeah. Like Gary or said, look in, up, realize who you're talking to, lean in, accept it, and let go, surrender that control, and, 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 and do it often. It's not, don't feel like prayer is, I have to sit down, I have to, you know, like Garrett's uh, clock prayer is great. And that's, that's a great practice, uh, a scheduled time to, to do certain things. That's great. But don't feel like that's the only time yeah. you can pray. And I know Garrett prays in between those for certain things. I've tried to get in the habit of when I see a prayer request, I just pray right there. I don't have to stop everything I'm doing. 
I don't have to, if I'm driving and someone, te- you know, gives me a call mm-hmm. and says, Hey, pray for so-and-so, whatever. Absolutely. I'm praying right now. I don't have to pull over. I can, I don't have to pull over. I can just say, God be with that family, whatever it is. I'm walking through that in prayer with them. So really think about that. And we hope that you are challenged by this. We hope that, um, that you think about prayer in a different way. It's not, it's not this, it can be formal, but it's not, doesn't have to be a formal presentation to God. It's just a conversation. Just talk with him. You got anything else, Garrett? No, we uh, lost Christian. Yeah, Christian along the had way. to leave. He, he had um, to exit the uh, phone call, and that's all right. But um, we miss his input. We miss him, kinda. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're glad we were glad to have him today. He had a short window, so we wanted to try to get him on with us today. Uh, but we're happy to be with you, man. Uh, we've enjoyed. I'll speak for them uh, and assume that I'm right. No, we've you're not really. Right. You're never right. Sorry. We've really enjoyed doing this podcast. Um, like Gary said earlier, we missed last week, and it felt really odd, like not getting together and having these conversations. Uh, it's been a huge, uplifting, encouraging process for me. Mm. Hopefully, it has been for them, and hopefully, it has been for you. Uh, for you listeners, we want you to uh, experience God in a new way, whatever that is. And grow alongside us. Absolutely. It's not, yeah, don't think of this as a... We're trying to a tell tier, you something. Yeah, a tiered level of... of learning we're we're as we're talking we're learning we don't script any of this out you know we have we, we all kind of have some points that we want to go with and some scriptures to read but it's just conversation christian and garrett will say something and i'll be like oh that's a great thought so we hope that you do that with us we hope that you grab your bibles when you listen and, and pull up the scriptures with us and uh, and see what what god has to say to you uh, hopefully through us we uh, get a great blessing out of that and hopefully you do too so we love you guys we'll see you on the next episode of huh peace. Bye-bye.